0: Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Rivers Church. It's a pretty obvious thing. If you think about it, the human body, the the, the center of the human body is the heart. And the heart is really the engine of all human existence. We only have one heart, and if it were to fail we would die. It's the thing that pumps the blood around our body, pumps oxygen around in our blood, and that's really life-giving. And so without your heart, you really don't stand a chance. And if you consider heart disease today, do you know that still across the world, millions of people die of heart disease? It's quite a tragedy. You may have lost a family member, someone close to you, through heart disease but here's the thing although the heart is central to the life and so many people die of heart disease heart disease is preventable if you change what you eat and what you put in you can to a large degree not in every case but to a very large degree prevent heart disease now the Bible talks about the heart some 300 times that's quite a bit and it's not talking about the blood pumping organ in the center of our chests it's actually talking about our spiritual heart And here's the thing your spiritual heart is the center of your life. And yet, millions of people every year die of spiritual heart disease, which is also preventable. You can prevent spiritual heart disease by what you take in in your diet or what you don't take in in your diet. Because if the the, the natural heart is the center, the spiritual heart is even more the center. Of our lives and the problem with life today is none of us is really guarding our hearts you need to guard your natural heart and you need to guard your spiritual heart and the heart is a fluid thing it has inclinations it's it's not something fixed it's 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 part of our emotions and and it's drawn and the bible says something interesting about the heart proverbs 21 and verse 1 it says the king's heart that's a ruler it's like a stream of water. In other words, it's fluid, directed by the Lord. Watch this. He turns it wherever he pleases. So our hearts are not something set. They're actually something that's fluid. They become set with unbelief, but they're fluid, and God can turn them. But here's the thing. I've noticed that most people allow their hearts to turn, not by God, but by the things of the world, by the people in the world. And so today I want to speak to you on the important topic of guarding our hearts, guarding our hearts because if our hearts are capable of turning most times they turn away from God's truth they turn away from our marriages they turn away from our commitments away from our giving and everything in life just like your natural heart starts in the center of your life everything comes out of your heart the astronomers were studying the planet Jupiter And as they studied the planet, they noticed that there were storms on the planet. The immediate conclusion was that Jupiter attracted storms or storms occurred around the planet of Jupiter. But as they continued to study and examine this planet thoroughly, they discovered something unusual. Unlike the earth, the storms on Jupiter come out of its core. And this diagram actually shows you that those storms are emanating out of the center. I believe it's exactly the same in a human life. People think they've got storms around them. They blame family and friends and government and economies. But often those storms come from their own heart that hasn't been guarded and has ended up in a place with bad attitudes. We really need to guard our hearts. In the book of Proverbs, Solomon constantly encourages us to guard our hearts from turning into wrong things. Early in the book, he talks about the adulterous woman or the seductive woman. And sometimes a seductive person is not just a beautiful person, they have a spirit about them and they get your heart. And he talks here in Proverbs, notice he says this, he says in Proverbs 7, do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her. Her paths. In other words, her tendencies. If you're not careful, if you don't guard your heart, your heart can turn. Your heart can stray. Your heart is not set, it's fluid. But it's up to you to guard it. Are you with me today? In Kailami, Proverbs chapter 4 says this, verse 23 Above all else, in other words, top priority, guard your heart. Why? For everything, not some things, everything you do flows from it the source of your problems the source of your prosperity everything starts in the heart and when the heart goes wrong the life goes wrong are you with me and so solomon now needs to give us a cure because we, we know what the problem is but the, the the solution here how do i guard my heart he now explains it in proverbs 4 and verse 20 he says my son and that's my daughter too pay attention to what i say watch this Turn your ear to my words, because the ear is vitally connected to the heart. And he says, you do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. So we've got to be careful what we listen to, what we hear, the input we get. Because that will determine how healthy this is, and if the heart is healthy, then the whole life is blessed. A lot of people will blame the church, blame the government, blame friends, blame family, and we do have challenges in every of those areas. However, we first need to go back and have a look at our own heart and ask, am I a contributor? And could it be that my heart is not set on the things of God? It's not set where it should be, and I've allowed my heart to get bitter. I've allowed my heart to get hurt. I've allowed my heart to get hard. These are very important things. Now, now, Jesus, when he was preaching, he addressed this in the New Testament in a, in a, in a well rounded way. Jesus often told parables, and one of the most important parables he told, he said this was a key to all the parables, was Mark chapter 4, the parable of the sower. And he mentions that a sower, like a farmer, went out to sow, and he sowed seed. And I just happen to have seed because we're Rivers Church and we just have these things handy. And, and, and farmers in those days, they used to take seed and sprinkle it in, into the furrows in the ground, and that's how they planted their crops. Today, it's all probably mechanized and so on, but, but he says a farmer went out to sow, speaking of God, and he says, and, and the farmer spread the seed, and that's what, exactly what I'm going to do today, because some of you, you haven't had any seed in your life, and he went and sowed seed, and, um, and just like you, some of the seed, some of the seed fell on hair, so, some fell on shoulders, some fell on the ground, and there it just lies. And I can't leave you out. I've got to give you some seed as well. But the sower, can you see this little stuff? Oh, please, man. But this is the source of life. And Jesus says some of the seed fell on on the path. That's where everybody had walked. And and then some of it fell on on rocky ground. There's rocks and soil. It's not ideal for planting. And then he said some of it fell among thorns. The, 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 the seed needed to grow but there's other stuff growing there unproductive stuff growing there and then he says other fell on good soil and that brought 30 60 100 folders that really Phew. and what he's describing is he's descri- describing four kinds of heart so the first one he says and, and and we'll read it in a moment he talks about the degenerate heart the degenerate heart and, and listen if you're going to guard your heart you better know it's condition Sorry, degenerate sounds terrible. You, say, are you are you implying? Uh, yes. A degenerate heart means this. If your heart is the generator of life, a degenerate heart is a heart that cannot produce the life of God. Are you with me? A generate heart, a regenerate heart produces the life of God, but a degenerate heart is a hard heart. Now, this is how he describes Mark chapter 4. He's explaining it to them, and we'll read just a few verses as we go along because of the time. Mark 4 verse 15, he says, Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. So you can be sitting in church Someone's preaching and immediately you go, Oh, this is rubbish. Oh, what complete nonsense. Just and there's quite a few thousand of them that believe it, eh? Yes. And you sit there thinking you're incredibly intelligent and you're above all of us mere mortals. But actually what you've got is a degenerate heart because it's hard. Now you know heart gets hard. Heart gets hard, like feet get hard. You you, you walk through life and it get hurt. Eventually you don't feel it anymore. So you shut yourself off to truth. You've been hurt by Christians. You've been hurt by pastors. Maybe you were abused by by a priest when you were young. Something happened in your life. Maybe a church let you down. They abused you. They stole your money. Unfortunately, there are good and bad people in every area of life, in every profession. But you let your heart get hard so that it cannot be penetrated. So guess what? The seed bounces off. There's nothing wrong with the seed. See, people say, I went to that church. No, no, don't don't blame blame the church. Young adults actually asked me a question at Young Adults two weeks ago. They were questioning me. And one of the questions was, how can we create an environment for young adults where they can come to church and feel comfortable and be open to God? I said, you'll never be able to create that climate. Because even if you've got good lights and screens and whatever you've got, it's the heart that's the issue. You can go to a building where there's nothing. There's no fancy stuff and you can just sit there and you can know God speaking to me. Because your soil is not hard. Are you with me? So it's very important for us to understand because you can't, you can't go to, imagine you go to the carp and you say, you know, the seed you gave me. I want my money back. I threw it and nothing grew. I'll tell you to get lost. Because there's nothing wrong with the seed. Everything is to do with the soil. Are you with me? It's so important. And, uh, and, and that's why when John the Baptist started preaching, he preached a certain way. And I want us to read it here because this is very important. John the Baptist starts preaching before Jesus is about to come. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent. For the kingdom of heaven has come. In other words, turn to God, open your heart, stop being so hard and resistant. Jesus is about to appear. You need to dig up the path and the hardness so that the seed, when it comes, can take root. It's not God's, God, not God's responsibility. responsibility. Jesus comes, and you never hear people preaching on this. It's become unfashionable to preach on this, but when Jesus came preaching, notice Mark chapter 1. Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come. Repent and believe the good news. In other words, stop being so hard-hearted. Open your heart, plow up the ground, then the seed can germinate and something can happen. But as long as it's falling on the path, nothing wrong with the seed, there's going to be no growth. Wait, he tells his disciples to go out and preach. In Mark chapter 6, it says they went out and preached that people should repent. You see, the reason why they did this, because the Old Testament had showed us from the book of Jeremiah that the heart is deceitful above all things. And that actually, this this is a saying I came across, the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. And so how do we solve problems in life? We have softer hearts that are open to God's truth then life begins to grow but a degenerate heart is hard and it doesn't produce anything you see the heart is the center of your life and everything comes out of there the good the bad the fruitful it depends on the condition of your heart there's a thing called cardiac catheterization if you're in the medical field you'll know They take a tube, which is called a catheter, and they feed it into the main blood vessel that goes to your heart. And they look for blockages. They want to see if there's hardening of arteries or blockages because when that takes place, that's when the blood stops flowing and that's when your entire body gets affected. You know what we need? We need spiritual catheterization. Where we kind of have a look in there and say, is there a bit of a hardening in there? I've been coming to church for so many years and, you know, maybe, maybe the problems in my life isn't because of Pastor Andre's teaching. Maybe it's not because of the South African government. Maybe it's because I've got a heart issue. Yeah. Because my diet is hardening my heart yeah. rather than keeping me healthy. Am I making sense today? It's so very, very important because the soil needs to be healthy. I read a fascinating thing. There's an organic uh, nut farmer, and uh, he mainly grows almonds down in the Peketburg area, uh, peket actually. And the farm is, is called kreister And he's got some uh, 700 almond trees, and he's got 100 pecan trees. And a very interesting man uh, by the name of uh, Jeremy Bryant. And this is what he says. Jeremy Bryan said something profound. I want you not to miss this. He says, everything starts with the soil. We don't farm almonds, we farm soil. And that's what we've been doing for the past 14 years. Then he says this, soil can fend off disease just as humans can. When the soil is balanced and contains the correct microorganisms and the right soil life, it will naturally provide the necessary protection from disease-causing organisms to the tree. Then no pesticide is necessary. See, we go for counseling. We go to this person, that person. We're looking for this person to drive demons out. If it doesn't work, we go to that weird meeting, then that tent meeting, and we're desperate. No, maybe it's time we just got the soil right. Right? Life is actually very simple, and the natural is a picture of the spiritual. Good soil, good seed, water regularly, and the, you know the water of the word? You come to church regularly. Ephesians 5 says the washing of the water of the word. Guess what? A crop. We go looking for deep things. Go to a spa and they put some stones on you. Get your chakra clean. and No, no, it's very simple. Soil, seed, water. Fruitful. We complicate everything. Jesus made everything simple. And I'm not mocking people who do that. I just think we look for our solutions in the wrong place. And if it were so easy to go into a spa and get hotted up and be cleansed, oh gosh, why do we have church? You just turn the heat on and let you sit in your towel. <laughs> why preach? It's because it's seed. That's exactly what I'm doing this morning, sowing seed. If your heart is receptive and you keep watering that, Harvest. Now, the key to a hard heart or an unregenerate heart, he says. well, what is the key? We must plow it up. Well, you know what we actually need? We need divine heart surgery. Jeremiah 29, he actually says, the new covenant is a covenant I'm going to make. Where I'm going to take out your heart of stone, your hard heart, and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. Not a, not a fleshly heart that's filled with all the wrong desires, a heart that feels the things of God. And if you go to God and you say, Lord, do surgery on me, I think I've got an unregenerate heart, I can't receive the word, I can't receive the things of God, Lord would you, he'll come in and guess what, he'll take it out and he'll do surgery. And that can happen here at the close of the meeting. Number two, let's look at the second heart. Are you with me today? In Kailomi, the second heart is this, a depthless heart. A depthless heart is not unreceptive, it's just shallow. There's rock in it. And Jesus said that it's rocky ground. And in Mark chapter 4, if we pick up again in the parable of the sower, he says, others like seeds sown on rocky places. Hear the words, so and they're not anti. They hear the word, at once receive it with joy. There's an emotional response. But since they have no root, because it's shallow, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Especially if that trouble or persecution is on Twitter or Instagram. How many of you know people who come to Christ, believe in Jesus, in a meeting like this, go out the door, get one of the packs at the door, go to the info counter, get one of my booklets. I went to Rivers Church, God spoke to me. Then they go to work on Monday, and they're standing on the balcony. So you went to that church, eh? Yeah, I heard. No, it's a whole lot of rubbish. I've seen their windows there, and they've got money, eh? It's about the money. I'm telling you, eh? My mother told me. And that word is gone. What happened? It's not that the word didn't work. It's not that you didn't have an encounter. The soil, though not hard, is not deep enough. And it doesn't say major trouble. It just talks about life's troubles. How many of you know if you're living, you're going to have trouble? I love what this author said, G.K. Chesterton. He said, when belief in God becomes difficult, the tendency is to turn away from Him. But in heaven's name to what? Good question, but every heart has a tendency to turn. Even in the Old Testament, Jeremiah speaking about the heart being wicked and the heart being transplanted, in the midst of it, he says in Lamentations, his other book on the whole subject of the heart, he says, he's talking to the Lord, he says, see Jehovah, for I am in distress, my bowels are troubled, my heart is turned within me, for I have grievously rebelled. It's easy to receive God's word, but then for your heart to turn. You know, over the years, Pastor when I've seen so many people in the Christian walk. They serve in Jesus. They receive it with joy, but the heart turns. It's a fluid thing. You've got to guard it. And you've got to remove the obstacles. You've got to get used to trouble in your life. And when the word gets tested, you've got to say, no, God said. They say, but God said. Isn't that true? And I think you get more damaged when you turn away than if you press on and you press through. The author William Sullivan said, life is a battle in which we fall from wounds we receive in running away. Give you time to think about that. You don't get hurt hanging in there. You get hurt from wounds when you run away. The key is to say, Lord, I'm going to keep my heart fixed on you. I'm going to serve you. But when trouble or persecution comes, we're easily put off. We've got to learn to live at a different level. You know, in a book I wrote some time back called Don't Turn, I tell the story about how they trained royal horses. Royal horses used for the queen are pretty amazing. If you're going to use a horse in a royal procession, the horse can't be skittish. It can't be subject to whims. You can't be pulling the queen along in her carriage and one of your horses and runs off and bolts down and starts chewing some branch. The whole occasion is ruined. But horses can be easily put off. So you know what they do? They train them by taking them to a special place. And you know what they do? They fire guns near them. They clap and slap wood together. They have people, babies screaming and children shouting and all sorts of noises and cars backfiring. And those horses get used to those sounds. By the time they're pulling the queen's carriage and things are going off and people are screaming and whistles are blowing, those horses do... And we need to be like that. Our hearts mustn't turn for every little bang and whistle. They do it with gymnasts, gymnasts, kids. There's too much pressure. And when I'm practicing, it's too much pressure. And then when we go to those competitions, the Russians boo us. So they've got all their friends around them to shout at them, even swear at them, throw stuff at them while they're pulling on those parallel bars and on those, on those uh, things that hang out of the roof. Those, uh, what do you call them? Those What? <laughs> the rings that have got... They have all their friends standing around while they're doing the rehearsal. Guess what? They get so used to them that by the time they go into a competition environment, you know they say? Oh, it was just the Russians booing. Because your peers... Are the hardest to deal with, but if you can handle them, you can handle anything. When I became a Christian, the hardest thing was to handle your peers, to take your stand. Now I'm no longer smoking Durban poison. Yeah, but check it, it's fresh, eh? Mostly heads, no pips. I don't know why you're laughing, you all seem to know what I'm talking about. I had to take a stand. People brought us drugs. They brought us stuff. And i said, now I've made a commitment to serve Jesus. So now guess what? Now I'm preaching in a world arena. People make comments. I, I've had the bangs and the whistles. I'm no longer shallow. I've made a determined if I'm going to serve God. You can't put me off. You can tell me I'm deluded. I, sorry. Just move right on. Are you with me? Am I making sense? We've got to get our hearts set and we've got to deepen our soul. Number three, the third heart Jesus talks about is a divided heart. A divided heart. In the parable of the sower, he refers to this heart. In Mark chapter four, he says, Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, so something's growing there, but thorns don't produce fruit, hear the word, but the worries of this life, in other words, the opposite of faith, the deceitfulness of wealth, the thought that wealth is going to make your life fulfilled, and the desires of other things, the King James says the lust of other things, lust means overstrong desire, come in and choke the word. Can you see there's nothing wrong with the seed, it's the soil, and makes it unfruitful. So the soil has competing desires, the thorns want to grow there and they want some space. You've got to make sure that your heart isn't divided. You're not allowing thorns on the side. Oh, no, I want to be wealthy. I want to be rich. Eh? You want to take a bribe. Yeah, but it's only once and I can come to church on Sunday. Because you know Monday to Friday is dog eat dog, eh? No. You've got to get rid of competing desires. You, you've got to get rid of, if you want to be a family person, a wife or husband, you want to serve the Lord, and you want to be a family person, you can't, you can't have affection for Susie at work in here. You think your wife doesn't know about it because you've got rid of the text. No, Susie's got a place here. She's a here. Every time you see it, it's like, "Mm." do you love Jesus? Yeah, I love Jesus. But I've got Susie here. It's a divided heart. It's going to be unfruitful. (laughs) See, church, we may laugh about it, but actually it's a really serious thing. And you've got to keep a handle on your heart. I've got to keep a handle on my heart. In my book, Don't Turn, I tell about a lot of people that we've seen over the years as we've served the Lord. They were on the path with us. Some of them were ahead of us on the road. On their way to their destiny in God, serving the Lord, and then they veered off the road. And I explain it in this way. When we were young Christians, new believers, I had a car and an engine engine seized up, and so we had no car. And a wonderful couple in the church came to us. They knew that I'd wanted a Volkswagen Combi but I didn't have money for it because my car had packed up and I owed money on the engine, they came and gave me and Wilma a gift of a 1964 Volkswagen Combi. This beautiful vehicle was like a Mercedes to me. But it was already 10 years old in 1974. We went up and down the coast with it. We fitted it out as a camper. We had great times with it. And it was like my Mercedes. But the problem was it was 1964. Technology was bad. You would send it in for a service. They would tune the engine. Three weeks later, the timing was out. I used to loosen the bolt at the back and then listen with my ear. Uh, Tighten the bolt driver. Another week later, uh, modern technology, you can use a spanner for anything. I mean, today you don't know what's going on. You open this just wires. (laughs) Isn't that true? But the other thing that went wrong with this car is this. The wheel alignment would go out. So what would happen is the wheels, ladies, wheel alignment is when the wheels... (laughs) Wheels have got to point forward, front wheels, back wheels. But what happens from the bumps is one wheel will go skew or both will turn slightly. So what happens is when you're driving, if you take your hand off the steering wheel, the car gently veers to one side. And if you leave it, it'll go right off the road and you'll crash. And I used to like to to sit with my arms on it. That was your hair hanging. I was a Christian, but hair was hanging. And I'd like to lean on it because we were grooving, man. We were grooving. But what I realized is when the wheel alignment went out, I had to hold the wheel tight. Otherwise, if you didn't watch out, your whole family would veer off the road. So I had to keep a firm grip on it. And I remember driving all the way to Nyasna in the wind. Because if I left it, now your heart is exactly the same. If you let it get divided, it will veer you off the Christian road and crash you. So we've got to keep a firm grip on a church. The Bible calls this, that I've just described to you, in the Greek, there's a word called apostasy. And it talks that in the last days, many are going to veer off the road. It means to depart, to fall away, or to withdraw. And it takes a firm hand to keep on the path. Because there's nothing wrong with a seed, but you've got to make sure you haven't got a divided heart. Number four, this is what we all need. We need a dedicated heart. Because a dedicated heart is the one that produces fruit in your life. If Solomon says everything comes from your heart, so guard it. Well, if you guard it, guess what? Good stuff is going to come out. And he says here in Mark chapter 4, Others like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times. If anyone has ears to hear, and, and probably you're probably saying, what? Of course we've got ears. Now he's saying, you got the flappers, but the inner ear, which is connected to the heart, is not working. He says, but if you get it working, consider carefully what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And even more, and whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have, will be taken away from them. Do you remember the birds came? We read in the beginning, the word, the, 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 the seed fell on the path. The birds took it immediately. If you don't guard what you hear and guard your heart, it'll eventually become drained and empty. But if you guard it, it'll be a dedicated heart that produces fruit. And so we need to be people who don't neglect it. Do you know that your ear is actually the gateway to your heart? Your ear is actually connected to your heart. Let me tell you something interesting. The ear in a human embryo starts forming in the third week in the womb. Not the actual outer cartilage, but the inner ear is one of the first things in the human body to form. And when you die, your ear cartilage is one of the last things to die. Isn't it interesting that when Jesus came across dead people, he spoke to them? Yeah. Because a dead heart needs to hear the voice of God. That's why we need to be in church. We need to be hearing. The way you guard your heart is to stay plugged into the word. Not just reading at home, but hearing it preached. Because when you hear it, something else happens. And their ears, today, our ears are being bombarded by talk radio. They're talking into our ears. We've really got to evaluate what we hear. And the interesting thing about hearing is this: the Latin word for obedience, obedire or obedir, is this to give ear to. How do you obey God? You listen. You can't obey without listening. So what we hear, how we hear, will produce a dedicated heart. As I come to a close today, before I hand back to Pastor Chris in Kailame. I want to make this point today. I want to say this. Maybe, maybe today we need to take inventory and ask if anyone is actually turning our hearts away from a dedicated heart to a divided heart, hmm, to a depthless heart, even to a degenerate heart, because it's possible. Because the influences in your heart, since you've started that friendship, what is happening to your heart? Is your heart turning? You don't want to admit it because it sounds too simple. Maybe your husband or wife When you're at home in bed, he leans over. (laughs) What 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 about the church? They're asking for far too much money. And can you believe it? On the weekend, they had another offering. Didn't they just have a miracle offering? Haven't they got enough money for a year? And it goes in and And where's that lady that used to come that used to sit in the front that I saw sitting in the middle that was sitting at the back who's now off the road? Come on now. This is what happens to people. I want to ask you to think about it. Hmm? Your friends that you visit who suggest that the church is asking for too much money. You're giving too much. Oh, they're controlling you. It's a lot like a cult, eh? Yeah, that's why we call it culture. (laughs) Now, I'm not advocating cults. You know what I'm saying? You're visiting, just there's a balance there. Or maybe your child was in children's church and was really upset because another child, unregenerate heart, bit your child. And the children's church teacher didn't see it. And now you're majorly upset and your heart's turned against rivers. Are they supposed to do everything excellent? But maybe it's a one-off occasion. But you allowed that thing to turn your heart. Or maybe an usher told you where to sit or, or even worse, someone told you where to park. You see, what can happen to us is you can come to church, you can receive the word, you with joy, but then gradually you start ending up with a degenerate heart. The good security measures we put in place are wonderful until you come late. <laughs> the fact that your car's not stolen, that your children are protected, that there's no one walking around all the time is awesome until you're outside the gate. Now I'm going to another church. And the preaching there is too practical anyway. Your heart's turned. We have to evaluate our hearts and guard our hearts. Because even a dedicated heart can turn. Now listen to me as I come to a close today. Before I hand back to Pastor Chris. When your heart turns, you don't receive the blessing of God. And a lot of people don't see God's blessing because they've let their hearts turn and become divided. When Israel went into the land of Canaan, they were told to take Jericho and to not take anything from Jericho because it was the first city so it was considered what they called first fruits like your tithe and the Lord said if you take that there's going to be trouble it's mine but Achan's his heart was a divided heart he wanted to serve the Lord but he also wanted gold so Achan went and he took the gold and the Lord came to Joshua and he said you know what there's trouble You went into the next city, Ai, and you were defeated. The reason is a divided heart is in your midst. You've got to deal with it. So they got Achan. They found out who he was. They dealt with him. And then Joshua makes this statement, which which is profound, and we'll close in a moment. He says this, Joshua chapter 3 and verse 5. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. What he's saying is your heart needs to be fully set on God. And when your heart's fully set on God, guess what? God's going to do amazing things tomorrow. So here's the premise, church. Look on the screen with me because I want you to remember this. Amazing always starts with consecration, and consecration always ends in amazing. You know why we don't see amazing in our lives? Because we're not fully consecrated. And when we're not consecrated, we bring trouble on ourselves, trouble on our family. But when you consecrate, then God is able to do amazing. And I want to tell you, Rivers Church, God wants to do amazing on all our campuses, but it's going to take good soil, because there's nothing wrong with the seed. We have to guard our hearts. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.